Every day we hoistling at Pilots and Pitards Podcast. Welcome to the Pilots and Pitards Podcast. This is the podcast with nothing much ado about aircrafts, but potentially everything ado with the first episode of a filmic series. Disclaimer, petard is a word. It is a real word. You can look it up later so you don't get hoist by your own petards. I am Jimbo, the anti-millennial, non-conforming, existentialist, pilot critic, and Kenya the podcast. I'm back again, guys. It's Critical Carl. Thank you so much for having me. All right, join us as we <laughs> cast judgment and determine if Vader Episode 1, Shards of the Past, will be hoist or not hoist. That is the question. As always, we'll start off with our background. I didn't know much, or I guess too much about it before it debuted. I, like most people, I assume, found out about the uh, the Star Wars theory movie kind of being released. Once the hype kind of built up, I guess it was last December when it got published on his website or his channel. Star Wars theory is, if not the most popular, it's one of the most popular Star Wars YouTube channels. I would say he's probably, <laughs> now he definitely is. Uh, a huge one. I mean, his platform has grown. I wouldn't say he's like a household name, but in the Star Wars community, people definitely recognize that the channel name, the brand name, uh, and he, maybe his logo. I know when they had D23, Comic Con, uh, at San Diego, I know he was a big part of like going there. I know he was talking about the second episode. He wanted five hundred or six hundred thousand dollars so i'm not sure if they spent that much on this episode but i was looking through the credits there's over a hundred people involved in this production that's good for background we're gonna hit you with two sentence freestyle summary darth vader's mad that he doesn't have his wife how will he handle the emperor's pressure to be the best second sith lord ever stay tuned to find out if you should give a steaming pile of crap all right, Carl, so what did you think? I loved it. I mean, if you're a Star Wars fan, I don't know how you watch this and be unhappy or unsatisfied. I thought it was just brilliant. I haven't seen – I saw it, of course, like I said, when it debuted and a couple times after that. But since then, I haven't watched it until we you know, decided to do this episode. It's great. I think it definitely holds up. I think it's even a little bit better the more you can kind of live – you know, now that the hype has died down, you can just discover it on your own. I think it's, I think it's great. I also watched this months ago, probably close to when it first came out, and I really enjoyed it. I I must have watched it on my iPad because I was really surprised at how good it looked. I definitely remember it looking good and me being impressed, but I was even more impressed today rewatching it. And I watched it from a laptop. Yeah, the production value is, it's insane. You know, I was saying even the editing that some of the shots look very seamless and clean. It didn't look wonky or like just a, a random cut, cut off. The shots had a lot of fluidity. The special effects seemed polished. The costuming seemed, you know, legit and realistic. It didn't seem like cosplay or people just playing in their backyard. Like you said, with a, uh, a production staff of over 100 people this took some planning this took some you know organization and a, a lot of uh like i said before just planning and process there was a really good scene of of darth vader outside of his suit and everything about that scene looked really good there's him holding blaster lasers in the air and just re- some really good shots i was disappointed with darth vader's lightsaber ability did you notice that uh, I guess the fact that it hasn't stood out to me now maybe does show that it wasn't too special. I don't remember him looking maybe flimsy with it or, or untrained. 
But no, the, when he held the blasters back, that was definitely one of the high points of his power. He looked really stiff, like his shoulders were stuck in place or something. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, otherwise. And the shoulders looking stiff or him looking maybe unnatural could have been because of the dream sequence. Maybe it could have been because he just had... It, I think it says it takes place eight months after episode three. So, you know, he's still healing. Like you said, when we see the Vader or excuse me, we see Vader outside of his helmet and his suit, he looks, you know, broken and burned and kind of like mutilated. So he's absolutely physically fragile still. Maybe uh, one more thing and then and then we'll let the spoilers flow like wine. It fits within the Star Wars movies well. Well, I'm sure they're borrowing from a lot of sources, but there's at least one book that I'm from that I read that that I can see a strong resemblance with. Yeah, I definitely think in terms of the Star Wars timeline, it fits in really seamlessly, and I think that's why a lot of fans were able to kind of pick this up and and you know consume it so readily is because you know what this seems like a natural progression of the Anakin or excuse me of Vader that we saw. I want to say, what was it, 2009, 2005 when episode three came out? I know that's a huge four-year gap, but in that time frame. So 2005 sounds right. I think it was 2005. I think it was like maybe eighth grade. When he picks up right after and Anakin is still anguished and, and I want to say maybe depressed, for lack of a better word, about what happened to Padme, this is great. It picks up that emotional arc, and I have that note down, too. I think because the series seems to be Vader-focused and centric, Fans will enjoy that a lot more. He's one of the most iconic characters of any medium, not just Star Wars. So anytime that they can focus on him, I think fans are going to like that a lot. Yeah, that's definitely what I wanted. I mean, I was very disappointed in Rogue One. When you do see Vader, you only get to see him for such a, a, a short amount of time. Like that's, I mean, that's that's the best Vader ever. I absolutely agree. Everyone, even those uh, individuals who aren't. You know, majorly enamored or in love with Rogue One, everyone kind of attests that the Vader sequence was phenomenal. That is some of the best Star Wars, period. It is, you know, thrilling and suspenseful. You see kind of how, how unhinged he can be. Back to your point about lightsaber ability, that wasn't in question during the Rogue One sequence. He was in full capacity of his powers at that point. On that, I think it's good time to move into the spoilers. If you would like to watch this episode before we spoil everything, pause now, come back when you finish watching. There's a dream within a dream that just as as storytelling, I'm not a fan of. You mean like visions? You're not a fan of like that, oh, this was all a dream or this was all like a vision when when we watch things and we're emotionally invested in them just to find out that they're not real? Do you not like that? I don't love that. Sometimes it's appropriate. I do think in this case it is appropriate, but he wakes up from a dream and he's still in a dream and he wakes up again. So you have like, it's like an, you have a two layer inception. I definitely feel like that can make the story maybe difficult to follow. I want to say it wasn't until the second time or the the time we watched it just recently. I had forgot that it was taking place in his mind uh until again the camera or the you know the, the frame just pulls back and he's still uh hooked up to the wires two is right. too many because then you're questioning like well is he ever awake and so that's like the problem with i mean it's not a problem with the movie inception it's awesome the fact that you never know if they're in a dream or not and it gets to the point where it's like how could you ever know you can't well this isn't supposed to be inception but now as a viewer i'm like well how do i know he's awake right 
I first of all just love Inception, but you're you're absolutely right. It's definitely taking on like its own cultural meaning when you have oh a, a cake within a cake or a cookie within a cookie. It's cookieception. So I think that's just a credit to uh, Christopher Nolan's like filmmaking that that was able to kind of penetrate the pop culture. And I agree with you. If you have it too often, it does kind of blur the lines of what again what you could be emotionally invested in. Is this real? Is this going to be revealed to be a dream later on? You know, I, I don't think it should be overused. But you're right. In Inception, it made sense for that story. He, and at the end of the show, he has like an hallucination or is he actually able to see through the floor? So the, so this kind of bugs me again. At the end, it kind of goes back to it. I'm not really sure what is actually happening and how mentally stable Darth Vader is. So like that could be an interesting part of the, of the story. But at some point, like if you're so crazy, I never know what's real. Like I don't really care. Uh, I agree. I think the beginning part was maybe to show how distrusting of Palpatine Vader is at that point because you're right and now I'm I'm kind of asking you at the end when he goes to Naboo that was real yes I think so yeah now I'm kind of <laughs> questioning it wait yeah at that point he woke up I'm thinking he was he was woken up and then he was told that he was supposed to go to the meeting and I think he was just maybe having that dream I think the dream sequence is just supposed to reveal to us how he really feels that he's a hired gun he doesn't want to be like an assassin he's still deeply in love with padme uh i think it's just maybe like an establishing a uh, narrative element and then the intro sets it up really nice they have this uh the text i didn't write that down the exact quote but it's fear versus hope and then like darth vader's neither he's suffering it's very likely he had a very traumatic injury multiple traumatic injuries so he some mental instability is maybe logical and acceptable for his character, but that would be something if this is an actual series, it's going to be well developed that they're going to need to explain or like, or like, yeah, or like ditch. I, I, I think I agree with that. I feel like Vader's physical lack of power or lack of presence. It does come from the fight on Mustafar. I don't know. Maybe I'm over assuming, but I, I think that what happened to him in episode three with Obi-Wan and, you know, ultimately him think Obi-Wan believing that he was dead, I think it's supposed to be an extension of that, that he's, he's lost his mentor, he's lost, you know, his family, he's lost Padme, and the general, or excuse me, not general, uh, Palpatine, even though he cares for Vader in a really, uh, strange and unhealthy way, he doesn't, like you said, the suffering element is there. He has nowhere to put these emotions. He has to kind of just be like, a, it's like a, attack dog with a muzzle on forever yeah i mean he's so yeah in the story he's trying to hide his anger at the emperor he wants probably nothing more than to kill the emperor and rule the galaxy himself and but he knows the emperor could just kick his ass probably not not even probably like he (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah he pretty much gets his uh you know his behind handed to him i think the fact like what you're saying before about again vader suffering and that being a huge you know overarching theme it also translates from the the original saga, you know. The entire story, you could say, is about Anakin Skywalker. The original trilogy is about, you know, the... I don't want to say the sins of the son, but the kind of the redemption of the son, forgiving his father's actions, and then we have the, you know, the prequels, which tells us a story of how Vader got there. I think he is the central, besides Palpatine, I think Vader is the central character of 
Star Wars. I know most people love Luke and that's like their, you know, their, their favorite. I do think this is a story about redemption, identity, and ultimately finding not happiness, but just peace. Back to the Emperor. He had a little bit of a funny accent, I th- but this is a solid Emperor. I'm jumping in. I think, I don't know if there was an accent. He seemed the actor did a great job. I think he sounded really good. Yeah, he seemed to be really like enjoying it and you know relishing it. And the parts where I think the emperor's bones were cracking, and then he was uh, you know shooting the lasers and and the beams out of his uh, hands. He seemed like to really relish how uh, insane this 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 man is or this creature is. And then the fact that they go back to uh, Naboo. That's I I think that's really cool. A little nod or like a maj. Maj is the right word? Yeah. yeah, Maj. Because episode one is the focal point is Naboo. Like that conflict is all set up in Naboo. And now in this first episode, we have another conflict that's being set up in Naboo. They both happen to be the Emperor's hometown. So I think that's like very Star Wars storytelling. Right. And again, I think this is why so many fans are enjoying it. I definitely think in 2019 or, you know, 2020, whenever you're listening to this, people have a better appreciation for the priest. You know, I think in the beginning, I, I think so. From what I've seen, they, people don't make, not love them, like the original trilogy, but they've accepted them. They're like, you know what, this is, was a story. This is kind of where we are. So the fact that Star Wars Theory is able to kind of, like you said, call back to not only the original trilogy with those characters, even the prequels like Naboo and, you know, the love for Padme. I mean, say what you want about the prequels. There are some characters from there that we actually still remember. You know, we we talk about Padme a lot. She is one of the more underrated female characters. I know most people love General Leia, right, Princess Leia, but I think Padme is another really strong character. And going back to those prequels, the Emperor, I mean, he's the mastermind in all three movies. And you can tell in this episode, he is still the mastermind. Like, he uses Darth Vader like a little pawn. That is, is keeping consistent. The Emperor, he sets up everything to do with the fall of the empire and the gain of power absolutely i mean the star wars characters they're always playing chess you know there's no checkers they they're always thinking about inner moves and machinations of how power is kind of shifted i think palpatine what makes him such a great villain is that he's able to not just be i'm gonna go out and kill a bunch of people he's just emotionally manipulative and he kind of brings out what is toxic about you or what maybe the thoughts that Anakin had in the prequels, you just see him slowly chipping that away or polishing that anger. You said the rage, the rage that now Vader wants to unleash on Palpatine came from that man. You know, this is, this is why he no longer has Padme. This is why he no longer has Obi-Wan. It's, 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 the, uh, it's Palpatine. But again, you can't kind of bite the hand that feeds you because now he's been made into Darth Vader, right? The Darth Vader. And it also gives you something to look forward to as far as a story about Darth Vader because we all know he's not going to get his revenge for like 20 years. Right. Even in like Empire Strikes Back, like that's the first time he's like, oh, wait, me and Luke could probably do this. Right. I agree with you. I I think now I'm going to try to bring in the sequel trilogy. I love, like you said, the kind of roundabout and maybe sometimes turnaround storytelling of Star Wars where we have callbacks and and flashbacks and and things from other – other sources i want to say it's in the force awakens when kylo says i'm gonna finish what you started to vader's helmet so this is all i like that idea of things need to be finished luke wants to finish this and now kylo wants to finish this it's almost like a baton they're passing on the responsibilities and the 
inadequacies that have kind of started in their family from Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader. He's like the the bad uncle that no one wants to talk about, who ended up becoming like extremely powerful. And I, I think that's like a, a his presence is a blemish on the Skywalker family. That's why I think Luke again spends his entire three movies redeeming his father's uh decisions and now we have again in the sequel trilogy kylo ren kind of trying to fight the light and sometimes maybe embrace the light where it's a lot of unfinished business family and i like that a lot all right well i i promised carl we'd be done six minutes so carl's gonna bring up one more thing (laughs) this is something that i was thinking about when we watched this just a couple minutes ago of course one of the most iconic features of darth vader is like the breathing uh, and I was just really thinking about that just now. It's like, wow, like, the way it sounds. And I thought about when you're a child and you see someone who's sick. You ever see someone in a hospital bed and it, you just know it's kind of uncomfortable and strange. And I think whoever the, the deciding, deciding factor, I'm going to just give it to George Lucas. But deciding to make his like breathing sound like almost like an oxygen tank. It just, I just thought that was interesting. That's something that could be really scary and uncomfortable, even for not just a child. Even for a teenager or someone in their 20s, being around someone who's sick and close to death, it's very uncomfortable. So the fact that they were able to make that uh, like almost like a scary factor, I just thought it was really interesting. It's like, yeah, there's no other character that has this kind of breathing thing going on. And I was like, where else do I have I ever heard that sound? And I just thought about the hospital bed, someone who whose lungs are like gone and they just had that oxygen tank. It's very uncomfortable. You know, it's like death is right around the corner for that person, or, you know, they're not going to be normal again. I don't know. Just something I was thinking about, the idea of uh, a child being afraid of this character. And that goes back to the story, setting up the suffering. I mean, so that's like an yeah. expression of both physical and mental suffering. That's a great point. The idea of, like, not being able to breathe and, you know, when, you're, when your breath is labored. That's a great point, that he's not, like, a, a healthy person, right? Even though he's strong in his power with the Force and, or even with the Sith. He's still ultimately like a damaged, like I said, he's like a damaged attack dog who's just been like in a lot of dog fights and dog fights and dog fights. So this is all he's able to do is have, like you said, that suppressed rage. Somewhere George Lucas has, and someone can look it up and put a, a comment. He said something along the lines like Darth Vader maybe has 70 or 80% of his of his power that he would have had if he would, like if he didn't have like half his body chopped off. I've never heard that idea before, but it, it makes sense. If Anakin would have won the fight on Mustafar and, and, you know, killed Obi-Wan or whatever, it was a switching of the situations and he was full-bodied and capable, I think he would be even more powerful. And I think at that point he would, like you said, how Palpatine's always kind of handing him his ass, I think it would be different for that time. You know, we saw Anakin attacking the younglings, attacking the other, other Jedi. I think he would have been extremely powerful if he wasn't, like you said, kind of handicapped by by obi-wan by that by the lava i i think that might maybe wrap it up do you have do you have any themes that we might want to discuss outside of the show no i just want to ask you a question what are you most looking forward to in the next episode is there something you want to see maybe a character or an element just one thing you're looking forward to for for the vader yeah for vader episode two whenever that drops yeah so i definitely would need them to clarify what's going on storytelling wise like is this going to be a hallucinating darth vader that's so mentally unstable they need to fix that like i don't want a mentally unstable where i don't even know what's it's like the old kind of unreliable narrator exactly. you know it's like i don't know what's going on here i agree with you and it's not like so much of a huge issue for me i think the biggest thing i want to see in the next 
uh, release or the next episode is, yeah, more lore, more mythology. The way he was able to, or the, the team, excuse me, were able to craft and design the inside of the ship and the inside of the hull. I thought that would looked awesome. So watching or kind of anticipating what they're going to do with Naboo, if they're going to have a garden scene, I just want to know how they're going to make the the behind the scenes stuff, or excuse me, like behind the, the actor stuff look more realistic because I was really impressed by that. And then we haven't talked about, there was a Jedi. There's a, supposedly a powerful Jedi on Naboo that Darth Vader has to go and kill. There's no powerful Jedis left that I think we should know about besides Obi-Wan Kenobi, but it can't be him. So I'm thinking that there's no Jedi there and it's a trap by Palpatine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that. I, I think the last sequence... Or a test, it, like a test by Palpatine. Okay, now that I definitely am buying more. A it, test, not a trap, a test. It could be, it could be both, because be you're right. He Palpatine, test. Palpatine has that like cryptic line where he says, oh, I feel a sudden sense of nostalgia for Naboo. So maybe he knows, like you said, everyone here is playing chess. You have to think three and four or five moves ahead. So you're right. I don't think Palpatine would send Vader... To Naboo, if he didn't know what was going on, like if he didn't, if he didn't know who the that Jedi was, he wouldn't have sent him there. So that's a really good point. We'll just finish up. You know, we, I would definitely watch the next episodes. Uh, yeah, I think this first episode is worth rewatching. If you haven't already seen it, definitely log on. It's like what seventeen minutes. Uh, it, it's great. There's not really a lull point. Um, I'm excited for the second one. I will definitely be there. So our judgment for any new listeners. To hoist means it is bad, and to not hoist means it is good. Carl? Definitely not hoist, right? The most extreme not hoist so far. I agree. I I wasn't sure if the production value was going to be so bad that we'd have to drop it low on the list, but this is a a solid not hoist for me. I I really liked it, even though I I had some some problems with it. And then so how about Quest for the Best and Worst Pilot Ever? What what do you think? Is this mid-range? I would say this is... Top 15, maybe. Really? Oh, wow. I think so. I mean, I would say either top 15 or in the top 20, you know. I have to look at the list again. I haven't seen it in a while. But this is pretty stellar. Yeah, once again, we are at work and um, we're listless. So we will, uh, you know, we'll put it in somewhere. I'm I'm thinking it's probably mid-range, though. But Carl's going to maybe argue for up, up higher. A little higher, maybe, yeah. And then do you want to add anything to the Petardar? Any recommendations? No, I think the one we mentioned earlier, we kind of uh, referenced in the episode, Inception, that's a great work, a great uh, movie in, in terms of like, you know, narrative structure, like you said, and dreams and sequences and unreliableness. I think that's a great movie if you haven't seen it already. And then I'm going to upload the actual episode onto the page and I will, I have a YouTube playlist of my favorite fan Star Wars stories, and most of them are really good. So I would recommend if you're interested in Star Wars, especially like shorter videos. These this list is has a lot of stuff I really like, and I would like to thank Jake Drew for producing our intro and outro music. You can join the Facebook group, or you can click on any of those find us links in the show notes. And we will see you next week. Once again, let me know if you're listening. What let me know what you want because. I am not having as much fun producing episodes as I used to. And if no one's listening, I might stop. Again, write in, leave questions, comments, and feedback. We appreciate it. I know Jimbo definitely appreciates it as well. There is a new Star Wars show on the horizon. 
I'm trying to get this young man to start a whole new podcast, a whole new channel, maybe, dedicated to that series. Disney Plus has a lot of things coming out of the gate, of course, the Marvel shows. So stay tuned. If that sounds interesting to you, write it into Jimbo and let him know if that's not something worth his time. Every day we hoist pilots and batards out. 